So Colossians 1.12, it says, Giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And that word meet is qualified. He's qualified us. He has given us the ability to share and participate in the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And then I want you, if you will, to we'll just continue reading. It says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or in things in heaven. Notice it doesn't say hell. Demons and devils are not going to be saved as the teaching is becoming popular again. But in heaven and earth, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith. And then I want you to look at chapter 2 verse 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. I would love for you to just spend all day tomorrow on verse 11. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins And the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And I share these verses with you because I want to highlight two aspects of what we've just read. First of all, I want to highlight tonight how the kingdom of God has absolutely triumphed and conquered this lesser kingdom that exists in the earth, and that is the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of the devil. And in all practical purposes, there's really only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. 
Everything else is just simply a kingdom that is, is being run by higher power, whether that be God or whether that be the devil. And so I want you to understand that this is the triumph of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth through the cross of Jesus Christ by the blood which he poured out for the sins of the world and also for us to be reconciled to God, to be made qualified to participate in the inheritance of the kingdom of light. Very important. That's that's one aspect I want to bring out tonight. The second thing that I want to highlight to you tonight is not only the triumph of the kingdom of God, but the new creature that has been created as a result of the cross of Jesus Christ, the new creature. If you are to inhabit the kingdom of God, you must become a new creature. Unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. Not joining a church, not just believing the Christian creed, but you have to be born again of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment as to what that means in regards to our study today. And so this passage not only speaks of the triumph of God's kingdom through the cross of Jesus, but specifically declares certain things about us. And I want us to know what those things are. So back in chapter 1 of Colossians, there are several descriptive things that have happened to us. And the first thing that I would say is we have been delivered. We have been delivered from the kingdom of hell, from the kingdom of darkness, from the kingdom of suicide, from the kingdom of despair, from the kingdom of sin, from the kingdom of rebellion. This is the kingdom of hell, the kingdom of darkness that is at work in the world today. And the Bible says it so gloriously in verse 13, you are delivered. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Satan doesn't have authority over you anymore. He doesn't. And all of his gimmicks and all of his strategies and all of his weapons do not have authority in your life. The only ground that Satan ever takes in our life is that ground that we give him because we give permission to that. We all fight depression, but that weapon of depression does not have to be successful in our life. Now, if we're not in the kingdom of God, we have no hope. We're just depressed. Or we're just despairing, or we're just going to take our life, or we're just going to get into an addiction because I can't bear to face life without some help. But if we're born again, you are delivered from the power of darkness, the authority of that kingdom, the authority of that king. He will come. He will attack you. He will intimidate you. He will try to oppress you. He will try to bring things into your life. But you as the child of God, you are a king in this kingdom. You can exercise authority over those spirits. They have no right to you. They have no right to your house. And it is time that believers walk in that kingdom authority and that kingdom power. Felix did such a beautiful job teaching about that last Wednesday. We're talking to you about this on Sunday mornings at 9. And we're talking about it on Wednesday nights. Because we just see God moving right now on the earth in regards to this kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And I want you to understand that in regards to this, you have been delivered from the power of darkness. Not only that... But you have forgiveness of your sins. And all of this is made possible, according to verse 14, through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
It was, it's through his sacrifice, through the offering of his life. The blood is powerful. The blood is for God. It is for God. The blood works for you, but the blood is for God. You've never seen the blood. You've never touched the blood. You've never experienced in, in, in a real tangible way the power and the efficacy of that blood, the way that it is effective in heaven. God is moved by the blood. God is moved by the sacrifice of his son. And because Jesus Christ has died as our substitution sacrifice and our atonement, God can legally take our sins away from us. There's no way we could go into the kingdom of heaven. You know, the question is not how can men have a relationship, sinful men have a relationship with a holy God. That's not the question. The question is how can a holy God have a relationship with unholy people? And God found the way. God did it. God provided salvation through the innocent life of his son, Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice, the sinless one to die and bear our sins so that through his blood, God can legally now remove the sins off of anybody who comes to him through Jesus Christ. And guys, he really does it. He really takes your sin. You can feel the weight being lifted off of you. It is incredible. And the joy and the expression of this kingdom as he, as he comes into our hearts is absolutely phenomenal. And so we have been delivered from the power of darkness by the blood of Jesus. We have forgiveness of our sins because of the blood of Jesus. And then furthermore, he goes on to tell us in verse 18 that we are now the body of Christ. <clears throat> now, he, he refers to that as the church, which is proper. But he refers to us not as a house in this passage, but he refers to us as a body, Jesus Christ being the head. This is an inseparable union. If you sever the head from a body, death occurs. You are never going to separate the church of Jesus Christ from the headship of Jesus. There might be people who come in and out of the church. But the church of Jesus Christ is joined to the head, and it is a supernatural entity and power that can never be done away with. This is his body, and it is incredible what it says about that. And then the next thing that I want you to see is he tells us in in chapter 2, verse 10, that we are complete in him. We are complete in him. And that word complete, if you were to look it up, it, it means to pack together so tightly and yet it's still running over. You are packed with everything that you need through Jesus Christ. All of the power, all of the authority, all of the joy, all of the help, all of the strength, all of the wisdom, all of the ability, all of the supernatural. It is packed into you jam tight and running over. It's, it doesn't say that you have that opportunity, but if you're in Christ... That's what you've got. That's what, that is what is going on. You are complete in him. And this is to me very, very important. Ephesians chapter two, and I don't have time to turn to these passages tonight and go through them. So I pray that you will. I pray that you will study these chapters. But in second, in Ephesians chapter two, it talks about how we were at one time in our life enemies of God and we were in sin. And we were dead in our sins and dead in our trespasses and our iniquities. And we were children of wrath and we were alienated from God. We were his enemies. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith he loved us, he loved us. 
He came and saved us. And it is by grace that we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And now we become the workmanship of God. God is working on us. God is doing a work in us. And I just want you to understand this in regards to being complete in him. God has undertaken our redemption, our sanctification, our salvation, our holiness, our Christ-likeness is all in the hands of God. If it were up to the church to produce Christ-likeness in you, we ought to go home now. If it were up to you to produce Christ-likeness in you, you might as well quit because you'll never do it. But it's God who undertakes it. He does it through his loving kindness. God is excited about displaying his grace, the kindness of his grace to you throughout all of eternity. God's going to use you and say, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. And God's going to get glory out of that for all of our, we're complete in Christ. This is what it means to be in the kingdom of God and to belong to him. There's a there's a passage of scripture we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians a little bit tonight. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, there's a passage of scripture here that I want you to see. It, it is a profound statement, and I pray it's one that you can believe. This is the answer to salvation. This is the answer to holiness. It's the answer to sanctification. It's the answer to everything you hope for. And listen to what... Listen to what we're told here. In in verse 29, he says, no flesh should glory in his presence. And it says in verse 30, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. God made Jesus this to us. You know, we got people, they come into our church all the time, or you may witness to them on the streets. And oftentimes, what do people do? It's like, well, you just don't know my past. You just don't know what I've been through. You just don't know how hard it's been for me. You just don't know the kind of sinner that I am. I look at you Christians and you're so good. And I I could just never be good like that. I, I don't think I could ever be happy like that. And the sad thing that you would want them to understand is we were as miserable as you are. We were probably worse than you are. We We didn't grow up saints. We didn't grow out of the womb holy we were sinners. We were drug addicts. We, we were addicted. We were in sin. We were immoral. We were corrupt. We were depressed. We were suicidal, just like everyone else. And it's so beautiful to see that what God does is I'm going to make Jesus this for you. Isn't that great? And, and, and it's not like, you know, this is you and this is Jesus. And God says, I'm going to, I got to mark my page. And God's not saying, I'm going to make this for you so that every time, instead of me having to look at you, somebody so awful and so sinful, I'm just going to look at you through this. That's what I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to look. No, no, no. That's not what he does. What he does is, is, is he puts this in me. He puts Christ in me. And now the kingdom of God has come into me and it begins to grow. It begin, he begins to fill my life. His mind is my mind. His desires are my desires. His likes are my likes. His dislikes are my dislikes. That's, that's conviction. 
That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's not so much that God has to kind of ignore me and just look at Jesus because I'm so rotten. But no, he put Jesus in me. And listen, I am literally being changed into the image of Jesus Christ. I'm lit, that is literally happening to us that God takes such delight in you. He really loves you um, because Christ is in you. And, and so he makes Jesus this to us. This is not something on the outside, but it's something on the inside of who you are. And so God has made Jesus to you wisdom. And he has made Jesus to you righteousness, right? Isn't that good? Righteousness. What do you need to stand before God? Righteousness. Well, he made Jesus righteousness to you. So what are you working so hard for? What are you sweating for? What are you striving about? And not only has he made that, and there's a big conversation. He also made Jesus sanctification to us. I mean, think about that. You know you need to be holier than you are. You know you're not like Christ right now. But beloved, if the rapture happened in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to be just like him when you see him. God can do that in a moment. He has made Jesus sanctification to you and redemption. Jesus is all of that to you. He's all of that to me. And to be able to live in this kingdom with that understanding changes everything for our life. I want you to look at this in chapter 15 of Corinthians. And he says in 1 Corinthians 15, and I, I just think this is very special and unique. He says in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. And don't miss verse 20. Jesus is the first fruits of them that slept. When he came up from the grave... He, he was he, he was sown into the grave. When he came up, he came up in a resurrected body. He was the first fruits of something that never existed before. It's a new species. When Jesus saw his disciples, he, he did not say, touch me because I'm flesh and blood. I'm not flesh and blood anymore. I'm flesh and bone. Something's different. And he's the first fruits of a new race, a new species. And it says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You have to get out of Adam. You're going to die. You get into Jesus, you get to live. And so he tells us this in, 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 in verse 42. He says that so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. If you die, listen to me, if you die right now as a believer, as a Christian, they're going to put your body into the ground. And it's going to be put into the ground in its corruption. In its weakness, in its natural state. But when it comes up, when Jesus calls the dead out of the graves, it's not going to come up in corruption, but in corruption. 
And it's not going to come up with dishonor, but it's going to come up with glory. And it's not going to come up with weakness. It's going to come up with power. And it's not going to come up as a natural body. It's going to be a spiritual body. Now, we don't have time to go into this study, but Paul goes into chapter 15 to show us a mystery. Not everybody's going to die. There's going to be... A group of people on the earth at some particular time when when Jesus comes in the air and those people that are still alive on the earth when Jesus comes back who are believers, they can't go to heaven with that corruption and that carnality. So what's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye, they're going to be changed. And that mortal is going to put on immortality. That corruption is going to be put on incorruption. And those that were dead and are raised that way, we're going to be caught up together with them. And we're going to be with the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we're all going to be changed by this. We're different. And so he says in verse 44, it's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, who is Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. However, how be it, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. The fallen Adam was first. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. He's earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. If you're in Adam, you can go to church all you want, and Adam still comes out of you. You can't stop that. That's who you are. That's what you are. But as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We're going to be changed. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. And as he was raised from the dead, we shall also be raised. Beloved, I want you to know this, that you are specifically and uniquely joined to Jesus Christ in every way. His history is your history. His death is your death. His burial is your burial. His resurrection is your resurrection. You are joined to him. Not not simply as a member in the family, but as his very own body, as skin is joined to bone, as head is joined to neck. You are joined to Jesus Christ inseparably. And everything that God is doing is to promote your growth and your strength. Everything is accomplished in Jesus Christ. He has made all of this to me. Romans chapter 5 through 6 teaches us this. Romans chapter 8 brings up the question, who shall separate me from Christ? Who shall separate me from the love of God? Sever the head before you separate me from him. He owns me. He redeemed me. By his blood, he bought me. Not with cheap money, but with his own blood, he bought me. He is committed to this. He is committed to you. He is committed to seeing you home. And that's what, going back to Colossians, if you will, that's what it teaches us. And I absolutely love this passage of Scripture because we're all too aware of how unworthy we are for God. But he says this in in, in verse 22 of chapter 2 of Colossians. He says that in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. That's the work of God. Jesus has made that unto you, and he's going to stand you before God, and you are going to be holy. 
Nobody is going to be able to blame you about anything. There's not one devil. Satan himself will not be able to approach that throne and reprove you before God. There's nothing. Nothing sticks. Your sins are gone. There's nothing he can bring up against you. That's the work of Jesus Christ. That's that's what happens in the new creature. That I want you to understand that. And so we're joined to Jesus in every way. We are new creations. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. There's a new race of people on the earth. There's a new species of humans that are on the earth and that are in heaven. All because of the coming of Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. We're a new creature, a new kingdom, a new temple, a new species, a new priesthood, a new world, a new mind, a new spirit. A new life, a new family, a new calling, and a new beginning. In this new creature, please listen to me carefully. I long for this for you. I long for it. In this new creature and in this new creation is an incredible intelligence. Please listen to me. Because this is one of the fundamental ways you can discern your own Christianity. You can discern your own spirituality. So please listen to what I'm about to say. The kingdom of God is real. The new creature is real. And the church of Jesus Christ is overrun with formality. That is content with the form of godliness. But have no power in their life. And beloved power. Is the knowledge and the intelligence of that kingdom. You have to hear what I'm saying. You have to understand this for what, for what all of this means. There is, by the new creature, is a new intelligence. There's a new knowing. There's a new capacity for knowing. We call it faith. We are saved by grace through faith. There's probably a lot of people in our churches that have no concept or really understanding of what faith is. That's why a lot of times when people pray, they, they pray and they just hope and they wish that things are going to happen. But there's rarely a certainty that things are really going to take place because we've mistaken faith for presumption or emotion or some type of hype that we can get ourselves up with. That's not faith at all. And perhaps faith is a, a sense. Faith is an ability. Faith is an ability that you don't have in your physical body. Because Ephesians chapter 2 says faith is a gift from God. And faith is the evidence and the substance of things that we hope for and believe in. We don't live by feelings. We don't live by sight. We live by faith, the ability to see. I've said this so much in in this church that if I want to watch a sunrise, I'm not going to do it with my ears. And if I want to listen to a symphony, I'm not going to do it with my eyes. I have specific organs that give me the ability to have a sensory perception of the things that I am able to relate to. And I have intelligence in that environment to function. How stupid would it be for me to go to a show or go to a production or go to a play and wear a blindfold the whole time? How stupid would that be? I have intelligence In this environment that I live in, to know how to see that and observe that and take that in. 
I have an intelligence. You don't have to tell me that. You don't have to tell a baby that. A baby hears something. And the baby's startled by what it hears. And so what does it do? It immediately begins to look for the sound. You didn't teach the baby that. It is the instinct of that creature living in its environment. It just knows to do it. There's an intelligence there. And there is an intelligence in the new creature that knows how to walk with God. That knows how to pray. That knows how to worship. That knows how to commune with God. That knows how to enter into His presence. That knows how to hear Him. How to believe Him. How to serve Him. How to honor Him. And it is a knowledge that comes from the new creation. We spend so much of our lives trying to teach humans how to be perceptive of God, how to know God, how to touch God, how to smell God, how to see God, how to walk with God. And, and, and it, would, it would be the same thing of me trying to teach a, a, a catfish how to live on the planet. It's impossible. It's not created for this environment. It doesn't have the capacities to function on land. It's created for the water. It's got special abilities and functions that know how to breathe through its, its gills, these fish, and know how to survive underwater, and how to live there, and how to feed, and how to take care of itself, and how to grow. It's instinctive. It is the knowledge of the creature to live in its environment. And yet, in, in, in this world of Christianity, in the kingdom of God, there are multitudes of Christians and believers that do not know how to function in God's kingdom. They're like deers in the headlights. I do not know what to do. I feel so uncomfortable. I feel so unnatural. I feel so awkward with this. Because you're you're trying to have the capacity to function in an environment that it is impossible for you to function in because you're not born again. This is not your kingdom. You're hearing people talk about something you can't see, you can't feel, you can't experience. You want to so badly because your brain tells you that these historical events are true. But there's no capacity in you to walk in that. And that's the beauty of God's grace. Because God, through His grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, comes and makes you a new creature. And you have eyes to see and ears to hear. And you have feet to walk with God and hands to touch the Lord. And you have smell now that can smell the things of God and the things of the Spirit. And you walk into the presence of God and you're right at home. You're right at home. You know what to do. You know how to behave. You know how to function. You see your father. You know what he wants. You know what he likes. And you give it to him because he's your king and he's your lover and he's your God. And you know what to do. And when the devil begins to interfere with it and the devil enters in, you see him and you can smell him a mile mile away. And you stop that devil because you're in authority in the kingdom of God. You know how to function. You know what to do. And oh, to God, when true Christians, the body of Christ, those genuinely born again, have their senses awakened, you will see the kingdom of heaven operating in power on earth like you did in the days of the book of Acts. Because the only thing they could say about those guys in the book of Acts, they had been with Jesus. That's it. They they don't have our education, they don't have our intelligence, but they've been with Jesus. They know things we don't know. They can do things we can't do. They hear things we don't hear. 
They see things we don't see. How did Elijah hear, hear the sound of abundance of rain and nobody else did? He had an organ, if you will, of faith that could hear things that natural people couldn't hear. God shared that with him. And this is the exciting and the excitement of the Christian life and being a part of the kingdom of God. And I want to say this last thing to us tonight, and I, I just call your attention to this. In Colossians 1, verse 24, Paul says this, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. And I just want to, I'm not going to take but a moment to say this to you because I want to, as I teach on the kingdom of God, I always want to hit this. I always want to bring this out. The kingdom of God on earth is best expressed through a crucified life. The kingdom of God on earth is best expressed through a crucified life, through the cross of Jesus Christ. Becoming a Christian is not what you gave up. Being a Christian is not what you don't do now. But the kingdom of God is in power. So it's not in the sacrifices that you've made and what you can't do because you're a Christian now. But the true testimony of the kingdom of God is what you do. It's the power of God in your life that expresses the cross. Causes you to love somebody that you shouldn't love. Causes you to be kind to somebody who's been cruel to you. Causes you to be tender to somebody who's been hard to you. The power of the kingdom of God is best demonstrated when you don't want to forgive, but you do. I had a bad start to my day today. I was agitated. And I probably did. I know I did not probably. I didn't act properly. And so it's just some things that I, I, I shouldn't have done or said to Carla. And, but, you know, I just did. I was, I was upset, exhausted, and just came out and just, you know, had a disagreement about something. And so I was leaving. I had stuff to go do. I had to go get a mattress because we had people coming to stay at our house with family. And these are great days, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, just great season. And so it wasn't my fault. It was her fault. And now I'll be sleeping on that mattress tonight. <laughs> Mark, you cannot move. You're not going to Tyler, Texas, brother. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just like, I'm leaving. I got stuff to do. I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to tell her goodbye. And, and honestly, the Holy Spirit said, and you're going to preach on the cross tonight. What a hypocrite. You're going to talk about forgiving people, being kind, being tender, and loving people. Yep, I am. And I'm leaving. I'll tell her later. 
And every step I took to the door, I was overcome with so much conviction. And the Lord said to me, what will it hurt you? I said, my pride. That's what it'll hurt. But you see, the kingdom of God was operating in my new creation. Because my old creation would care less. But the kingdom of God was operating in my new creation. I had, a, I had an intelligence that was not me. It was the new creature. That didn't care to just be able to preach a message tonight. But wanted the reality and the truth of that message in my life. Beloved, I, I say to you with all of my heart. The expression of the cross the expression of God's love, the expression of God's sacrifice, that's what the world doesn't see. Let let the world see it among us as well as it sees us when we're out there sharing the gospel to people, that we want them to come to Christ, that they would have something that is really true to come to, church that does love each other and does care for each other. So I just encourage you tonight, There's a kingdom that you can come into that's not dark and it is light. Will deliver you from the powers of the devil, which I was in contest with this morning. And God gave me authority and power over that devil, that attitude. And he'll do those things for you. And and, and maybe tonight, listen, you you, you might have even been water baptized before. But you have no intelligence in your life. You have no spiritual intelligence. Are you really born again? Are you really? Do you perceive God? Do you perceive the things of God? Do you know how to behave in the house of God? Do you know how to operate with the head who is Jesus Christ? Now we're not, none of us do that perfectly. But this experience of God's conviction in your life, the experience of the Holy Spirit, move in you drawing you to Christ in a greater way, in a fuller way. If you don't have that in your life, don't let a past experience try to comfort your eternity. Find a place and kneel before God and say, I want to be born into this kingdom. I want to be spiritually alive to you. I want the influence and the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life. Like only you can do. I want Jesus to be made unto me all these things. Because I can't make myself that. And I'm absolutely miserable. And I don't want to live like this. And there is a a way out. There's only one way out. And that is Jesus Christ. And for those of us. That are Christians. And we know the Lord. How can we surrender. More fully. To the grace of God. And the power of the Holy Spirit. To demonstrate love and kindness and patience more perfectly. Through his power, not ours. But just to allow him to convict us about it. Just be able to say, Lord, you're right. It's a bad attitude. i got a bad heart today. You're right. I'm not going to yield to that. So I just want you to stand with me. And I'm just so glad you're here tonight. I love you. We've got a lot of people traveling. People working next door. Can we take a few minutes and just worship the king? We just give our hearts to him and just let him move. Don't you see him and and know what he wants, what he wants tonight? He just loves you. He just wants you.
He wants you to be close to Him. He's joined you together with Him. He doesn't want to be distant. So press in close to Jesus tonight. Just press in.